Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Chris. And today I am putting out an episode that is about anxiety. And I'm sharing parts of my own story from back when I had severe anxiety disorder, panic disorder back in 1998. And I hope that you can find it somewhat helpful for those of you who are enduring mm, discomfort in your own body, in your own system, and that it can give you hope to say there's ways out of that discomfort and lots of different ways. And that the, you know, not to get too uh, Tony Robbins on you, but there's power within you and there's power all around you and source energy. And, um, this episode kind of details the beginnings of my understanding how to become more open to letting that, um, source energy and self-regulation and comfort occupy my space. So, in 1998, when I was finishing my last year at Colorado State, I started having massive debilitating panic attacks. It got worse and worse as I approached graduation, and I was taking Xanax and Valium to stay even mildly functional and so that I could graduate. I used to go jogging back then to relax, and I found that every time I heart would speed up from the exertion of jogging, it would cause a panic attack. And I kept hoping that this method of stress relief would still actually provide stress relief (laughs) instead of making me feel like I was dying. And I remember the last time I tried jogging, I was down this back alley in Fort Collins and I got hit with a panic attack. And I reached down into the gravel and dirt and grabbed some of it in my hands and started rubbing it all over my arms, hoping that somehow the dirt would ground me and pull me back into some comfortable version of myself. That image always comes to mind when I remember that time in my life, just rubbing dirt onto my arms, desperate for some kind of connection, feeling connected to the earth or feeling connected to myself. And that was the last time I went jogging for years, that last time. I couldn't go to my graduation ceremony because the thought of being in a crowd of people was too much. I couldn't do it. I ended up spending the day with my family, graduation day, who had flown out from Illinois and Michigan, and we went up into the Rocky Mountains. I put my cap and gown on, and we had a picnic and skipped stones in the Poudre River while the rest of my graduating class was in the auditorium or the gym walking across the stage and I started learning then about needing to adapt and uh, drop the things that don't matter in order to make space for who I needed to be and that was an ongoing lesson at that point, because after graduating, things got worse. I couldn't work. I moved in with my mom back in Illinois, where I rested. 
took a lot of pills to maintain sanity. I started writing songs and I used to walk around my mom's cul-de-sac and that just walking around the little cul-de-sac, that was my victory for the day. If I tried to get in the car or go to any public spaces, I had a panic attack. I had no friends. I had no job. I had no idea what I was supposed to do next. And every single day felt like a, a mountain. And the challenge of being in my own body and my mind and emotions was so intense. Nothing was happening in my life. It could not have been more uneventful. But somehow inside my body, I was overwhelmed and out of control. And my body was screaming at me for help. I wasn't sure really I would ever be able to have a normal life. I had to start picking apart the pieces of my own psyche that were making me feel unsafe, unsafe in my own body and in the world. And I did this through experiencing and learning energy therapy and body-mind medicine. I did it through creating art and music and through learning to listen to my body's stories as guidance to where I needed to place my attention and direction. I had a great teacher. Her name was Pam Arwine. And she taught me Reiki. And she did hands-on healing for me. And one time I was on her table... Well, I think I tell this story in this upcoming interview, which I'll get to in a second. But during that time, I learned there are vast oceans of healing energy available to all of us and that we are all inconceivably powerful in creating and generating the course of our own lives. I learned that hands heal, bodies talk, and over time, through learning these things, I got unstuck. And I healed. And the reason why I'm sharing this with you is because I know that many of us are feeling like our worlds are getting smaller and smaller. We're feeling confined, alone, not finding that spacious, comfortable version of ourselves and feeling like it's hard to connect. And I am here as living proof that even amidst the most intense, bottomless pit of anxiety, a small deliberate acts create space for light and grace to seep in. And part of what I do when I work with people is I create those small deliberate acts with them within their own bodies. I help them make room for their grace and comfort to come in, to get bigger, to get to a place where they can feel it again. So I provide comforting touch and energy therapy And I offer you this episode, which is, I was kind of debating about whether to share it or not. My friend had the idea of, you know, interviewing me for a change instead of me interviewing other people. And I felt it's only fair to introduce myself. And this is just one way of doing it. So the person that you'll hear interviewing me is named Andy He's on my other podcast, Solving Everything, and uh, we cover some ground about my growing up. We cover that ground I mentioned about the horrifying anxiety that I had for way too long, and reach out to me if you have questions, if 
you have questions about services or if there's certain things you want to hear on this podcast or other podcasts, I'm at hello at chriskadams.com. Thanks. I hope everyone is well. Thanks, thanks, thanks for listening. You were in Fort Collins for how long? Five years. It's a pretty good spell. And you pick up the guitar? Maybe five and a half. No, 93, fall of 93 to spring of 98. So is that four and a half, five? Yeah. Do you pick up the guitar in this time period? Mm-mm. You hadn't started strumming on the guitar yet? No, nope, not until I left. Interesting. Were you writing poetry? Yeah, always writing, maybe not structured poetry, but stream of consciousness. Creative writing of some kind? Creative writing. Not on any kind of assignment, but just because you felt compelled to express. Yes, writing was always my go-to, you know, because I didn't feel necessarily safe mm, sharing the ins and outs of my inner world with people. I would do it through my pen. That was safe. Mm-hmm. A lot of journaling. Lots of journaling. So much journaling. So many journals. <laughs> so many journals. Yeah. So at one point, did you start being crafty about it, though? And like, you know, was it song lyrics or you got into poetry a bit before that, right? And starting to, you know, read Neruda and appreciate the craft of it and aspire to, you know, I read vagina monologues when I was out in Colorado towards the end of my time there and started to understand that stories were like poetry. And if you capture someone's voice in a certain way, it can not only be informative, but it can also be artistic. And so that combined with starting to have like um, really severe anxiety disorder along with someone teaching me how to play three chords on a guitar so I could play a bunch of songs. Who? What was the circumstance with His the name is Matt Armstrong and he was a high school friend who for some reason was out there visiting. He stayed with me for a little bit, taught me a couple chords and then... Um, I feel like that was a maybe six months or it could have been even longer. I didn't necessarily do anything with it right away, but I had that sheet of paper that he had written down like GCD on and how to make the shapes. shapes yeah. And I fa- I used that when things were getting really bad with anxiety to I'm like, I'm going to start learning how to play this guitar. So um, pulled you out of yourself a little bit, mm-hmm. gave you something to focus your energy on and kind of then the sound itself was soothing I suppose right and it was empowering to be like it's just these three simple things and look at all that I can do with these three it does feel like you've been given key a key to some something to an amazing vehicle yeah when you realize structurally that a lot of songs that you love are you know attainable attainable Yeah. yeah just mastering a few changes you know, but getting the right hand, the strumming or the picking technique down with the changes, I mean, that takes time. And it's also, you know, 
it uh it's just a good way to yeah like direct your energy towards something and just it's yeah. meditative it can be meditative i think the singing the, the practice singing too was uh important to get my voice going yeah you hadn't you'd really i've heard you talk sort of disdainfully about choral music and how it's so uh soulless in a way or mm. like it just didn't turn you on or appeal to you at all so you didn't really you weren't a choir girl you weren't show choir jazz hands none of that kind of stuff no i how did this sing? i think probably that was shaped by the church music that I grew up with. Not good gospel. That was but the so lame stuff. stilted and everyone had a stick up their ass and there was no feeling to it and there just was no movement to it. It was just singing. It was a holy stick though. See a holy It had been it had been dipped in <laughs> holy water. Holy water and sanitized and then So <laughs> where you'd been singing along to dead songs with your community of people and somebody said, Hey man you're a pretty good singer, or you must have heard that a few times. Oh, to I was a pretty good drummer. That was what people said to me because I had a big conga drum, ah, and so that was. But I wasn't singing for anyone. When did that start? When I started playing the guitar when I was having panic attacks, and then it by then it was almost to the point where I had to basically be rescued by my mom because I couldn't function and couldn't go to work or anything so music and songwriting started in my mom's basement when I was living with her and trying to pretty lonely place get out of like. the house yeah it was lonely but it was how I learned how to write songs so that's good were you able to enjoy that even in that place of feeling like you know shit I'm in my mom's basement not necessarily where I want to be at this stage in my life. I don't have a boyfriend or what a, a great job or all these other external forms of validation that people generally, you um, know. Was at it a, that point, like, I was just concerned about whether, I mean, I was lonely, but it was more, am I going to be able to function in the world? Like, am I really going to be able to survive and like, be a normal person because I couldn't so like going beyond that didn't feel I was so all consumed with the state of my body and those fucking panic attacks that it was almost like an agoraphobia where it was like I could walk around the circle of her condo and look at the ducks but that was it and then I'd have to go back home so it was kind of like that was a while and I had a friend drive down from Michigan to see me and trying to go out with my friend like into the world. I had to leave early, you know, and take a Xanax. It was sort of, I, I prepped, you know, I prepped them for like, I'm in this weird place. We can try to go be in a public space, but I can't guarantee that I'll be able to stay there. And I couldn't. So it was kind of like friendship was weird at that point. So was that embarrassing or was there shame oh, yeah. about that totally because I remember they didn't make I had, me shame no but from inside like oh jesus what is wrong with me i can't even go <laughs> to hardy's with my friend you know, right. like i had one of those situations where oh had my license and i wanted to drive my buddy just to a fucking fast food place how did that go have some burgers i got halfway <laughs> had a total panic attack 
had to make an excuse about not feeling well and turn around and take him home. And, How did you drive? Uh, well, it was hard, mm-hmm. you know, but it was one of those desperate sort of acts of like, I am going to do something fucking normal. Yeah, right. You know, I don't care if it kills me. Mm-hmm. I am going to prom with this girl who asked me out. <laughs> that's a year older than me. I'm doing it. <laughs> Fuck all of this craziness that mm-hmm. I don't have a name for. This is what people my age do. Yeah. And I'm not going to miss my entire life because for anything. Did you go you know, to the prom? I did. And that wasn't all that smooth either. And I have shameful, like I can still taste the shame of like uh. moments where I was alone with this woman and she was essentially like, she was too shy to say like, are we going to fool around now or what dude? Uh. And me just being like, I can't because I'm too anxious. Yeah. And God damn it. You know? So I was trying to live, but I wasn't really living. And, and so when I hear you talking about being in that place where you were just, you know, you had, I'm sure you had normal desires to like, engage in the world and do all I sorts of just things. graduated yeah. college and yes of course and I just left the place I didn't want to leave I didn't want to leave Colorado but I couldn't take care of myself it was bad yeah so I totally so, relate to that so you would say that playing guitar and songwriting was a healing exercise at first it was a hundred percent it was my yourself. company it was like my best friend not to get too cheesy but no, no. it was so, and then the other thing that happened around that time was I started learning about um, energy therapy and healing modalities. And one time I was on this woman's table. She was my person. So I'd see her maybe once a week or so. She was helping me work. She was helping my body release some of the the stuff that was causing all the anxiety. So... One of the things that happened was I was on her table and we were doing a session which would involve like talking about a memory and she would do something with, you know, a limb and then help discharge some of the pent up stress. And I had a panic attack on the table as we were working and I said, I'm having a panic attack right now. And she put her hand like over my sternum. She was at my head and she put her hand over my sternum and it was like the panic attack completely dissolved instantly. And I was like, what kind of alchemy what the or fuck magic is, is that? that? Yeah. yeah. And she's like, it's Reiki. So that was how I train initially started to get into that training in that arena was because I saw how powerful it was. I felt it firsthand. And so, um, songwriting, singing, being closed off from people. So uh, it wasn't like I was being influenced by friends or influenced by a church or influenced by a community because I was exposed to none of that. I was going to get energy work, starting to train on that. I was doing music and writing and... um that was like the two going for walks. Those were my activities and my company for the most part was my mom. So pretty simple living. 
And that went on for a while until I was able to feel like strong enough to get a part-time job working at a little cafe. But that was when I wrote Small Moments, I think, which was one of the first songs I wrote where I felt like this is pretty good. I like this song. And I was starting to just fiddle around with um, the few chords that I knew. I wasn't really a guitar player. I felt more like I could accompany myself to what I was trying to write. Because it started it's that to become... thing that you said when you learned the first three chords and you're like, look at what all you can do with look just Look at what you can two, do. You Fucking know? three chords or... Yeah. And so that was kind of... It became really, really important. And then I moved up to Madison eventually. And poetry then came, became bigger for a little while than songwriting did. And so I was interested in going to spoken word events and open mics around Madison and Madison was a better place for me. It was just. Your mom was still in Palatine when you were writing small moments in that, when you went back, right. When you're describing the early writing. And mm -hmm. I moved to Madison because my sister lived in Madison and she had, she got sick. And so, um, she, it's kind of a mess and I don't want to, like sort it all out here timeline wise, but um, artistically there wasn't really any going back. So it was sort of like, I discovered how powerful powerful art can be for healing. And it was just a matter of what kind of art am I going to do? Am I going to do spoken word? Am I going to write songs? Am I going to sing? What is it? Gonna, am I going to play my drum? What is it going to look like? It- must have it sounds like it kind of made you feel a strength in yourself that you didn't you know otherwise maybe have in your pocket when you were spiraling into anxiety and that you yeah. know i think there's something and speaking a little bit from my own experience too where you can where you can write something that you're proud of you know and it mm-hmm. stands sort of part and you can present that and say you know um it's like a i don't know it's sounds like you hit you had a sense of pride there there's or pride. a little bit of a sense of strength or self-worth like strength you know. pride yeah i would say that there also was something to me about if i'm sitting in a room with a group of people i felt because i was somewhat introverted and cloaked I would say or like had a sense that I had been cloaked for many years I feel like art I've heard somewhere that if a part of you is unseen that that can be really painful so art for me was like giving those unseen parts a chance to come out because you might not get it from having a conversation with me. I don't know how well I was able to really be myself with people at that time because I was coming out of this really strange period and I felt more myself through my art and what I could songwrite and what I could sing. It felt more true because it was all those sort of inner parts. It was a safe way to let them be seen. Whereas sitting down and having a conversation with someone, I might feel like I would have to posture or pose or present some version of myself that wasn't... Or just be guarded. Totally authentic. Yeah. There was a little bit of guarding. 
But I think part of what I wanted to strive to and why I really associate that time as like the healing work and the energy therapy and the songwriting and the art kind of coupled together is that I wanted to aspire to where I could be feel so safe being authentic that I could I wouldn't have to guard myself against anyone. And because that's the world I wanted to live in coming from the suburbs where I felt like everybody was fucking guarded and I couldn't see authenticity for miles. So it was kind of like, um, it allowed the, the singing and songwriting and all that allowed me to start to create the kind of world I wanted to live in. 